Today on Happy Say Confused, Hugh Jackman and Pesek and Paul on their musical phenomenon, The Greatest Showman. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another edition of Happy Say Confused. Sorry we were off for a week. Life gets in the way. But the good news is an embarrassment of riches coming at you, starting with this episode. I know one person that's excited. I like I can't breathe. Sammy, <laughs> Sammy's freaking out. Uh, if, you, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that Sammy is uh, the world's biggest Hugh Jackman fan. This is it. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's going to kill this herself. This is me. <laughs> She's... <laughs> This is me. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes. So I had a rare and fun opportunity um, just the other night. Uh, basically, The Greatest Showman, as you guys know, opened over the holidays. Opened actually not to huge business at first. The opening weekend was kind of underwhelming, but has become this great success story in that it, the drop-off was very minimal. It might have even gone up. And it now is like a legitimate a, a phenomenon. You know, the music was all the over the Winter Olympics. Yeah. The soundtrack hit number one. It's made nearly four hundred million dollars at the box office. Uh, it is proof. I'm so happy for him. <laughs> I really am. He cared so much. It is proof that um, yes, and it was a passion project. He yes, was working on this for nearly why a decade. For so long, I know. Um, and uh, so uh, I, ha- I was invited to uh, introduce a special screening, a sing along screening, because there have been these mm. cool sing along things where uh, where uh, fans go out and sing along with the soundtrack to the Did movie. You sing along. I didn't. I can't do it. I just can't. Not, it's just not me. It's just not me, Sam. You know that. Not Are even, you surprised? Not even during the... Like, did you dance a little bit? Obviously, like, did I'm you always react? Stop, try, go ahead. Try and stop me from dancing. Did you react to what was happening in any way? Or were you, like, annoyed that people were talking during the movie? <laughs> <laughs> my, my head moved with rhythm. Only because he was there. Because <laughs> he was watching me. Yeah. He's like, does Josh like it? He's not dancing. It was fun, though, because um, the audience didn't know that Hugh was there. Oh, my God. They knew Pesek and Paul were there, and um, that was enough for them. But then to bring out Hugh. That's you, you dangerous. It was dangerous. It would turn into People a fire hazard. die. <laughs> yeah. I felt in danger. Um, and I would have just thrown up all over the person in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um, so right before that, I had a little chance to do a uh, podcast chat, a little bit shorter than usual, about 30 minutes as opposed to the 45, but still got a bunch of good stuff in with uh, three gents. I'd never met uh, Benj and Justin, and oh. those guys are awesome. I mean, yeah, they're, they're cut from the same cloth as you. They, well, they're great. I mean, I love Dear Evan Hansen. I loved La La Land. Uh, these guys um, are, you know, the kings in their respective world right now. It's they amazing. are the go-to lyricists and, 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 and songwriters right now. Um, they've won an Emmy. They've won a Grammy. They've won an Oscar. They were Oscar nominated again this year. So uh, a real pleasure to talk to them. And, and to, Evan Hansen. I said they were Evan Hansen, Tony. of course. Oh, Tony. What did I say? Oh, wait. The, uh, Emmy, they haven't won. Yeah. Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Like, no Emmy Do they yet. have any got? I think they did. But didn't they write for Smash? They didn't get the Emmy for that, for Smash. <laughs> Smash got robbed <laughs> yet again. People love Smash. I loved Smash. Of you, you think I'm if, kidding. If yeah. you didn't love Smash, something's wrong in the universe. Yeah. So um, th- this is a great chat. We cover a lot about um, about Greatest Showman, of course, but also talk about sort of their their future future musical endeavors and whether they're going to be collaborating again. Wolverine musical? We, we joke and talk a little bit it's about... It's not a joke. Well, we do talk about 
I asked the question, and you'll stay tuned for the answer, about whether, you know, we're seeing all permutations of superhero movies now. Logan was certainly a different kind of a superhero movie. Why not? Someone is going to take a stab at a, at a musical superhero movie. Might as well be Wolverine. Might as well be Wolverine and Hugh Jackman. Um, so, yeah, we talk a little Wolverine stuff, too, in there for the comic book fans out there. What about uh, Les Mis? Did you hit Les Mis? Uh, mentioned Les Mis. We talk, we t- <laughs> I talk, I was curious. I was curious before because Les Mis was the first movie musical he did, of course. Uh, of course. And I was curious if there were other ones early on, and he did confirm that there were a couple other very famous movie musicals. He almost did. Stay tuned and find uh, out. Um, should we? Should we keep it moving? Let, let's get to Chicago the Chicago was one, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's also, okay, one more tease. There's an amazing story involving Grace Showman and Nicole Kidman uh, in this podcast. State to the bitter end that comes. This is the best. It's good this stuff. It's going to be the best. Uh, always a pleasure to catch up with uh, Hugh and great to meet uh, these two uh, very talented gentlemen, Benj and Justin. Uh, remember to, uh, Grace Showman is, is out in theaters still, some theaters, but it's also available on digital uh, streaming services now, you know, iTunes, et cetera. There's a sing-along version. Um, and also on April 10th, on Blu-ray and all those kind of like, you know, uh, conventional formats, you can buy it. And there is this cool kind of a sing-along feature where um, you can do it in the company of your own home with your friends and family and enjoy it in a whole new way. I, this is one of those movies that like like a Moulin Rouge, I feel like it's just mm. going to have a shelf life. People are going to keep coming back to it. I'm so happy for him. Okay. <laughs> he deserves uh, it. <laughs> review, <laughs> rate, subscribe. Please spread the good word of Happy, Sad, Confused. As I said, we were off last week. The good news is uh, I think you're going to get uh, a two for the next couple weeks. Oh. I got stacked up with some amazing guests. So uh, enjoy this one, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Uh, and remember, support Greatest Showman. If you haven't seen it already, come on, guys. And review, rate, and subscribe. Yes. Uh, here's Hugh. Here's Benj. Here's Justin. Oh, one other thing. What? The audio on, uh, was a little funky, oh. but the good but the good news is Hugh. I feel like is like a little loud, but you want Hugh loud in a good way. In a good way. Yeah, don't be rude. No, I don't mean it's he like, was being loud. I, I recorded it at too high a level, oh, so it might sound it. a little funky. But yeah, but it, it's a gift. It's a gift. You're welcome in advance. Thank you. Good to meet you guys. Nice to meet you too. Congratulations so, on everything, Hugh. It's good to see you, buddy. You too, man. Um, I can't I th- believe you haven't met these guys. No. I know. Oh, yeah. They're dominating the planet. What the hell is going on? Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you did. they won't answer my call, so it's really nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> is that the only way to see them now? Yeah. Is this the thing about this movie? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I had missed my chance to, uh, to talk about this wonderful film, but I'm so glad that, like, this one is, is I feel like we're going to be talking about for a while. I mean, clearly, yeah. we're a few months in, and... Uh, I mean, just give me a sense of sort of like when you guys saw the tide turn. It opened fine. It opened well. Mm. But like then it's just kept going. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, you were very kind about well. saying open well. <laughs> How did you feel opening weekend? Did you, were you like, were you happy? I, I had been prepped that because uh, we were going to open on Christmas Day and then they pulled it forward. And their feeling was when we test... I'll give you more numbers you probably want, but the test was like a 95, which means audiences really like it. So they said, oh, actually, let's bring it forward and let's just get people out to see it. Even though five days before Christmas is not really the time our audience is probably going to the movies. So I was prepped with a, don't worry about the numbers, it's good. Some people are singing, and really after Christmas is when we should watch it. But I'll admit, I was, even with that caveat, I think it was lower than people were expecting. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, everything that we, we that I think the the telling thing was the lack of any communication and and the silence. I'll, yes, I'll, I'll no say, emails. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll say that like we weren't talking. Yeah. This this little trio wasn't talking. We weren't talking. But but like it conveniently, I was sort of a little thankful. I was like, look, whatever whatever happens with it and whatever's yeah. however it's gonna go, it couldn't be more perfectly placed on the holidays where literally. Every agency and film studio and everyone is closed down. So it's like, you know what? We're going to go off. And we everybody worked really, really, really hard in this film. And yep. it took seven years plus to make. I mean, t- to develop and then yeah. to finally make. Um, and, you know, that should be celebrated and that should be applauded no matter what. So it's like, you know what? Everyone's going to have a nice holiday season with their families. We'll see what happens Um with the film and then probably regroup after New Year's and everyone was pretty silent over the holidays and then we came back over after New Year's and it was like What's going on? Like, yeah. it, by the time everyone really was communicating again, it sort of had turned a tiny little corner. Right, and so it was like, hey, wait, I think like I think everyone was like accepted. It's like okay, this is just not going to do what we hoped it might do. And maybe even lower than we thought it could maybe do, but not. And then it just started to turn a little bit, little by little. And then people said, well, we might get to this. We might get to that. And every week, everyone was revising their numbers of yeah. where they thought it might ultimately land. And I think people are still <laughs> revising the numbers. Yeah. Well, yeah, really. it's funny because, like, I don't know. I'm sure you guys probably went through every permutation going into the release of this. Like, is this the right film for the times we're living in? Because totally. it's, it, it, you know. You, you could cut both ways with that question. Yes, yes. Is it the, the, the antidote to these cynical? dark times we're in or is it going to be like is the audience just not ready to have an earnest open-hearted time at the movies um that's exactly exactly the question well no i mean i I definitely think we learned that that's exactly what people wanted you know we've talked a lot about you turn on the news right now and you're just inundated with negativity you're inundated with people literally screaming at each other and that's what we call entertainment right now and uh, you know we just are living in really divisive, dark times. Regardless of what side of the aisle you are on, I don't think anybody would claim that we're in a really happy moment in American history. You know, and I think that this provided a, a, a way to run away to the circus and believe in the ideals of what you want the world to be. And I think audiences really gravitated toward that. And I don't know that we intentionally tried to make a movie that you know was going to be escapist for the times we were living in. I mean, we were developing this before things got as divisive as they've become. Right. But I think that it's definitely it definitely turned into I think a, a celebration of, of hope and joy and optimism and wonder and using music uh, as something that is a universal language that people on both sides of any aisle can connect over and, and that can pierce you emotionally rather than intellectually. That's the power that music really has is that it cuts to your core without having to having to process or, or analyze it's just an emotional expression and I think that people really wanted to have a kind of cathartic or celebratory moment that just was about joy can, can we I'm curious can we talk about just sort of like where in each of your lives like musical theater was growing up and like what it provided in you and when you kind of found that as a as an outlet as a passion and whether it was something that was embraced by your friend group or your families um, because you know, it struck me, I saw over the weekend, it wasn't a musical, but I went to, I saw Angels in America, which was like just an extraordinary experience. And, and, and I'm sure you guys would probably agree with me that like those kind of transcendent moments in a theater, whether it's a musical or a play or a music musical in theater or in, in a film theater, there's something that's just 
that connects with people on just a more visceral, emotional level. And I'm sure you all had those kind of experiences. It was up. young for me. I'm sure it was for you guys as well. I mean, I remember performing Camelot when I was probably six. Uh, but I, my father took me to the theatre a lot. He was a big proponent of the theatre and museums and all that stuff, mm. as well as the rugby. He was very much, you know, you should be exposed to everything. And I remember going to, actually the high school I was going to eventually go to, he took me to see Man of La Mancha and Hugo Weaving. Do you guys know? Yeah, you know. Do you know Hugo mm. Weaving? He's an Australian actor who was in all the Matrix movies, right. all the cast. Oh. You, you would know him if you saw yeah. him. An incredible theatre actor. But he was at high school, he was in, like 16 at high school, doing the lead role. And I can still remember like a film, he was that good. And so I bought the album the next day, and I remember listening to Man of La Mancha over and over again. And then I remember the album of Godspell. My dad took me to see Cats. So I think when you love the music, like there's a saying about musicals that people love a musical because of the music. They love it for the music, and it works because of the book. And clearly people love the music of this, and that's why people absolutely love it and go back it again and again. And for me, I think it's the music that got me in when it works. Um, theatre as well. Angels in America was a huge turning point for me, which I saw standing room only at the National Theatre in London I was just uh, looking that up. Was, that, came was like Daniel Craig in that years ago? I re- read that, that in some production he was in like 25 years ago. He probably was. Well, yeah. that's when I saw it. That's I was, crazy, yeah, yeah. I was still... Amazing. Yeah. That's funny, because Daniel always said he was 10 years younger than me, so that <laughs> doesn't work out. The truth. <laughs> I mean, for, 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 for you gentlemen, I mean, you've had yeah. these opportunities in recent years to really connect with audiences in a profound way. I mean, you know, to see what audiences respond to in Dear Evan Hansen and to see the passion for La La Land in this, um, it must bring you back to those kind of experiences you had as fans of theater yep. and, uh, growing up, and that must be just surreal to say the, say the least. Yeah, absolutely. I think that... Um we were talking about this earlier like for us you know we grew up with Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and sort of that was our initial that was our initiation into not just movie musicals but movies in general Um, and so that's always sort of been in our blood and in our DNA and you know I know I was the kid that became obsessed with the Cats soundtrack and I play and I made my parents just play it over and over and over in the car the same song over and over and over and you know I feel like there probably was something in me as a songwriter that sort of like felt like I'd never really make it until like I got to be that song that some kid just plays over. And that's the thing. We have had families reach out to us and be like, we love the soundtrack. Don't get us wrong. But our kids play it in, their, in our house, in our car, on the way to school, on the way home from school, over and over and over. And the same song over and over and over. I played Dear Evan Hansen every day for about six months. <laughs> I'm 49 years of age. That's not quite grown up yet. But that's Our a kids, good, young and old. <laughs> exactly. No, but um, so I think like that, that, that is a really cool feeling. And it definitely does um, make me think about... Um, what the power of the- that theater had as when I was a kid growing up yeah. and how that just sort of felt like, look, I think with, with any of us just looking for a place to belong and a thing that we can feel like is our own thing, especially as a kid growing up. For me, I, I never felt like it. I liked sports, but I never quite fit in with sports. And I never right. quite fit in with this group or that group, but I loved music and I loved musicals. And so like, it really does, there's something about musical theater that really feels like a home. It really feels like people, when they find it, they just desperately cling to it. Me included, us, all of us included, because it feels like such an expression of your soul. It feels like someone gets you. Yeah. And so, um, 
that is a really cool feeling to to know that we can now create things that go out into the world where people can connect with them, not just you know here in New York, but all over the country and all over the world. Do, do you guys? I don't know if you love or hate this question, but like it's 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 done so well transferring this to Broadway. Is that something that's entered the conversation? Is that something that you guys feel is a no-brainer? Is that something that you have an interest in? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to own the answer. He wants yeah, I, to, I, I think that what we have, we've been so uh, excited to see the audience reaction to the movie. And this is really a film that was really propelled by audience reaction. Yeah. And having that kind of passionate, ardent, you know, support and, um, and, and seeing, you know, we talk about it a lot, like, kids on YouTube in their bedrooms feeling like this is me is their song and that that it really represents you know uh, who they are and it's a declaration of of what you know that that they're able to be proud of of who they are knowing that it's connecting to fans in that kind of way is is thrilling and I think that we want to find an expression to be able to create or recreate this world in a live experience in some kind of way. We're not really sure what that is yet. It's something that we're all sort of talking about. Got it. Um, but we're we're really we're really open to continuing to explore it and and figure figure out what that would be. This was uh, this project over seven or eight years had some rocky moments. Yeah. Because there was no there had been 23 years since an original movie musical had been made. Right. Uh, La La Land was probably happening but we didn't know about it. Um I didn't know about it anyway. Yeah, we, <laughs> we eventually knew about but, you know, it. We didn't, even, we didn't even know about La La Land until a year and a half after starting Greatest Showman. Right, so. yeah. But it... Uh, what was I saying? Oh, that... I remember about one point, will we make a... Will we, this is Fox. Will Fox make it, won't they? Stacey Snyder rang me and said, you know... And Stacey's quite famous in her tenure at Universal for doing Wicked. Right. Um, and so they had that book to make into a movie, and she said, I think this should be a musical. And she championed that. And she said, I, maybe this could be a musical, because whenever we did a workshop in the room... This thing worked like gangbusters. Yeah, yeah. You, you could feel it in the room. In fact, when Kiala Settle sang the song, it's on. You can see it on video. No, but I've seen it. it's amazing. Yeah, but yeah. what you don't see at the end, and what you can't see, is sixty money people <laughs> and studio heads crying mm-hmm. and taking out their wallets. The then, okay. yeah, Jim, Jim Giannopoulos, the, who was then running Fox, at the end of the song, we're not at the end of the show, leaps up out of his chair and just runs across and hugs him, crying. You know, huh. hugs Kiala, crying. Yeah. It, it works, and that's just in a room with music stands and and a six-piece yep. orchestra it works what's what's the what's the musical you want to see hugh do next is there is there a uh, uh, let's cast him oh wow i paid him to ask that question. <laughs> exciting well we're we with we're our, our our goal with anything that the if any new stats or anything sort of comes out about the album we just send it to hugh and we say see now maybe you'll do another musical with us maybe now you'll do another <laughs> musical with us um um we no, we'd love to 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 we, we've talked about the the possibility of of working on something uh together next something original and and so that's definitely in our dream uh it's on our um what am i thinking like our dream board our vision, or like, board. Our vision board. board yes it's on our vision <laughs> yeah. board um but um well, I'm trying to think. What's another? Yeah, what's I mean, another musical that he should? Uh, uh, I'd like to do something original. Yeah. I mean, one of the great things about why I love Dear Evan Hansen, it relates to people now. It really and it's it connects with people. It's fun as well, and it's funny. But everyone can relate to it. Adults, me, kids. 
I think the same thing's happened with this. There's something so exciting. It's difficult. It took us seven and a half years. Uh, hopefully the next one won't take us that long. But whether it's live or whether it's another film, one of the, for me, one of the great things about kind of tick this is a success is that money people go okay yes that team let's trust that team <laughs> because i really i i mean that's why the joke of me stalking them i literally pulled them over to my house about seven months ago i was like guys we've got to do something like i i, I honestly think in an era really where a lot of the great talent is not going to musicals to create original musicals there it's going to the music industry right. generally uh, these guys are going to be remembered as, as good as any of the great writing teams of all time. I truly believe that. Um, and I'm not just buttering up. You're going to be like, what does he want? What does he want? No, but I really, I really do want to do more stuff because yeah. I think these guys are incredible. And we had a great time working on it. When, when you were um, kind of broke through in a big way in, in film, they, th- there was a bit of a musical renaissance that was just starting. There, and it, was, it was Moulin Rouge. It was right. Chicago. Right. Were you going up for those films at the time? Yeah, I auditioned for Moulin Rouge. Uh, I remind Baz about that quite a bit. <laughs> Every day of Australia, you're uh, like, by the way. Chicago kind of always felt like the one that got away from me because I uh, was offered it at one point. Oh, really? Um, but I really was too young for the part. Uh, right. I was 31, and I remember going through the script going, I've seen it all, kid. And I'm like, <laughs> have I, have I put a little bit of, you know, I'm going to say that to Catherine Zeter and I as well. We're going to go, we're exactly, we were in primary school together yeah, and high school exactly. together. Like, we've seen just as much as you, dude. <laughs> so, but I sat there watching the movie with literally my palms were sweating, like, Put makeup on. Why didn't you just put makeup uh, on? But, yeah. Well, the uh, right two came around at the right time for you, clearly, between Les Mis and, and yeah, this one. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all worked out. The, uh, I've, I've got, I feel like, the three best people uh, on the planet to ask the stupid question, but it's a semi-serious one, which is the superhero genre has gone every conceivable direction now, and it's adapting. And I know I feel like we've joked about this. When's the Wolverine musical happening? Yada, right. yada. But I can, see, I can foresee a world where there is a superhero, whether it's Wolverine or something else, where there is a superhero film as a musical. They're trying everything. Logan yeah. is a testament to what you guys were able to, to push uh, in new directions. Is this the worst well, they idea? They tried Spider-Man. That's true. That's true. But, uh, but in terms of a film, do you think that's feasible? Is it just not fit? Is it fitting a round peg into a square hole or no, what? I mean, I think you don't know until you try. Yeah. Um, and I think both worlds are about not accepting they're not about rea- they're not reality based they're really uh, in that sense it should work in a hypothetical right. world it they're should work heightened totally. worlds so it's like if someone can fly right. then they should presumably be able to sing <laughs> I just I, I just wonder I think that striking tone would be really important right. like something just off the top of my head like I think that Deadpool is a really interesting example of how do you create a different kind of genre right. yeah. within a genre that you know so yeah. I think that you would have to be very very specific about how you approached it um, but I, I think it's definitely possible yeah I mean Teenage gangs in New York. I don't think anyone would have thought, oh, West Side Story is a slam dunk. Right, right, right. I mean, you can really see so many examples of things that work. Uh, Even yours, I don't know, Dear Evan Hansen, there was a bit like, "Uh, we've got a teenage suicide in the middle of this. I don't know, this is a great subject, you know. By the way, you mentioned West Side Story. What do we think about Spielberg? I mean, if anyone's going to do it, taking on... I mean, I'm kind of fascinated to see what he'll do with that. Me too. Me too. I've had conversations with him a few times over the years and he said I remember him saying to me once I really want to do a musical so you know and 
He's fearless, man. That, that's, a, that's a big one to take on. Yeah. I always remember and, growing and up, they've been seeing the opening sequence of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which is basically a musical number. It's like right. it's an amazing sequence. Right. So he's got it. Clearly, his, he has it in totally. him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I really want, excited to see it. Uh, I want to mention to you, you must have felt so much pride at the Oscars, not only getting recognition for Showman, but obviously a screenplay nom for Logan. Yeah, it was awesome. Logan. Unbelievable. I mean... I can't tell you how happy I was for that screenplay nom, mainly... For Jim Mangold and, you know, Scott Frank and Michael Green as well. But Jim, he's so underappreciated, I think. Uh, it hasn't been nominated nearly as many times. I think his ratio of actors in his movies getting nominated and winning from right. Angelina Jolie to Reese Witherspoon, you know, yeah. you name it. There's so many actors he's worked with. I definitely think he got my best performances, Logan, and that's... And People say, well, don't you know that he pushed, he pushes, he gets, he really does elevate everybody's game. Yeah. And one thing I was so excited about for Logan was that he would get a chance to write something. Because I think for, apart from the beginning of his career, he's been adapting scripts that are already written. And he really adapts them and changes them a lot, yeah. but doesn't get the credit. So for him to get the credit and also to get that nomination, I, I was so happy for him. Are, are you, are you just spent some time with Daphne, who won an award yeah. at the Empire Awards yeah. the other day. Are you even like an unofficial like advisor talking to Jim or Daphne about the X-23 thing? No, there? I was actually asking Daphne about it. And she's in classic <laughs> Daphne. She goes, I don't, know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. She's a woman of few words, as we know from Logan. Completely. She, by the way, I don't know if you can... I don't know if it was broadcast last, in any way last night, but if you can find any, her yeah. speech, really, about five people referenced her speech afterwards. Like, like we get up and go, I'm sorry I'm not Daphne Keen, but wow. maybe, <laughs> she's 13 years old and she literally just dropped the mic. That's the greatest speech wow. you've ever heard. She's so, exactly as you saw in the movie, like beyond everything you can expect, very sort of... Just present, and everything's available to her, and no nonsense. And there was also, even in this great speech, she's like, you know, and like, you know, in the acting and stuff, like, there's some really great <laughs> like 13 year old moments. I just so like, like, oh, yeah, you're yeah. 12 or 13, whatever you were. <laughs> yeah. I forgot for a second. But she's flawless. She's really flawless. I'm a little worried about you, Hugh. Usually, when oh. we're talking, you've got like four movies coming up. Yeah. You have one in the can, which I'm very excited about the Jason Reitman yes. project, yeah. which feels like this is Gary Hart's story, which feels like. Yeah pretty good interesting timing yeah to say totally the least. totally i'm um, very excited for that but there's not but there's nothing on the docket officially right now are you taking a, no. a little bit of a break has you... deb talked to you about this because she's <laughs> <laughs> this is an intervention she said, oh, you're going out today you're going to work i said yeah i'm going to the interview she goes oh for, for the job you did last year right <laughs> but is there any new jobs coming <laughs> he makes really great pita bread though i will say oh, that yeah. Wait, i had a dinner pita bread? Oh, I mean, no, I'm, I, make, I can make challah pita dinner rolls each other, Hugh? when do i get the pita bread i don't think you what would you like do you want the challah you want the pita, you want the I dinner rolls. Like a challah bread's coming. I, I love hearing Hugh Jackman say the word challah. It's very, it's very satisfying for me. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, living the pastoral life, personally. No, I'm, I'm reading. I'm not sure exactly what's next, but you know you're the first to know. I hope so. I'm, I'm, no, I am literally stalking these guys to write something. No, I mean, it's, it is true that there is, there is, there is some time that we're going to be spending, you know, of talking about what, what, what we can create that is another experience that there's yeah. a way to sort of extend this greatest showman yeah. story and characters yeah. and music uh, to, to, to take it to a, a live thing for people to yeah. enjoy and to interact with. And, and it's true that it's 
kind of become a little more urgent because of the success. I mean, it was unexpected. No one saw it coming like this. It would be this big. And so there is like, okay, let's let's do it. There's let's heat. get let's it going. Because it takes it, yeah. a while to get it ready. And yeah, well, It's cool. I think with the, the, the – it's a lot of it I feel like has been – has we were always talking about this, but so much of it now with the sing-alongs and, there, and like that, like it's clear that people want to engage with it and want to – be a part of it and yeah. well of course as the writers we love that because it then becomes about them and becomes about their experience and what they take away from it so we're trying to figure out how can we how can we create another experience where people get to sort of not just go and sit and be silent and watch something but feel like they're a part of something yeah. for a few hours yeah and also be together you know? yeah i mean there's such yeah. a push to to have things be streaming now and you're watching in your own home and you have a couple friends over but any excuse to get out of the house to experience the world and get to do it with other real life human beings and get to enjoy what? something we're in, in 2018 dude Calm down. Yeah. I don't yeah. do that uh, know, I, I really do think that there is this huge yeah. sense that you know people want to turn off their phones and be a part of a community and and if we can facilitate a musical experience that allows people to you know leave their living rooms and meet other humans that share passion with them you know not just through a computer screen yeah. like you we, do know we're promoting the home entertainment <laughs> no but okay. I, I know right I'm like you don't look at me like that <laughs> no, I'm kidding but I do think that's true yeah. uh, a couple uh, last quick things it must have been so surreal the, the Olympics for instance like do they, oh, like, do, do they let you know beforehand that by the way yeah. Well, so they give you a heads up. Oh, you we, we knew we about knew. the commercial, but I did not know about the figure skating on the Saturday no, night. No, I didn't know about that either. It was a complete surprise yeah. to me. Yeah. To, to, to see all of the, the dancers. That was incredible. That was, yeah. Yeah. And I, we, were, we were literally, I was watching it. My wife and I were watching the watching that night, and I, and I hadn't gotten to watch a lot of the Olympics. We had been moving. Also, we're like, we're going to watch tonight. Um I don't even really think I realized it was the final night of that, any of that stuff. And then we're literally turning off the TV. I'm walking out of the room, and she's like, do you hear what? I'm like, I can't hear. I have, like, terrible hearing. She's like, can you hear that? I'm like, I no, I can't hear that. She's like, turn the TV up. And we turn it up, and there it is. They're dancing to it. We didn't. Did you know about that? We didn't know. No, I got a video about that. But I get emails like, oh, such and such is doing the pre-Oscar thing, and the the music bed is this is me. And I'm like, I'm learning all these new terms. The music bed. (laughs) Um, Finally, what's 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 the lesson if if there is one to take away from this? You you know, you were involved in the development of this for nearly a decade. This was something, as you said, that was not by the Hollywood playbook. This was definitely not the thing to do for you for the studio. Um, Does that galvanize you? Does that inspire you to take bigger risks? Yeah, I mean. Go for the utopia, was what we call it. Go for the what, if you could have any film and if you could have any kind of musical, what would it be? And for me, that was an original musical. Yeah. If you could, yes, it's harder and it's riskier. But if you can create it, the feeling now is all the sweeter. And by the way, and even if it doesn't work, you can live with that failure. You know, right. I I can to go for it. And also, it's remarkable to me how the story of the movie is playing out in the success of this movie. Like, it's... If you even think about the subplot of the the critic kind of saying, ah, no, and, <laughs> right. and you say, well, the people are happy. If you think about this character turning lemons into lemonade of of seemingly creating something that he believes in and then and taking a while to catch on, it's it's so playing out. And so that the themes in the movie of life is what you choose to make it they sound like bumper stickers but they're literally barnum quotes or the noblest artists that are making others happy just going for your dreams yeah. what makes you different makes you special all these things that are in the movie i think uh have played out in the, in the success of it as well well it, I, it, can it, i go back i gotta tell a little yeah. something you can 
I, I, don't, I didn't tell you these guys. It's going to sound like I'm name-dropping, but Nicole Kidman came around. About, Deb, Deb and Nicole have been friends for years. They shared a couch when she first came to LA. Okay. So she came and she said, I've got to show you this video. I've got to tell you about my experience at the Oscars. I said, what? She said, I was going out to the bathroom because it's... we. Kiala's saying it like 10.30, so yeah, it's it was literally late. three hours into the show. She was out there and she got locked out when the music started and she her girls love it over and over and over again so she's out there in the lobby and she videos her and Sal, she goes I love this song <laughs> and the usher says I love this song too but you can't go back in <laughs> and Sally Hawkins is out there too and she goes I love this song <laughs> and she starts videoing it's literally like a rock concert people are jumping oh, up and oh down right there in a rave it is in the foyer outside of all these people who are like oh we can't get back in but we're going to party out here <laughs> oh my gosh. yelling and screaming it is the greatest so Yeah, cool. I've got to show you the oh video it's coolest unbelievable I feel like there are like 10,000 stories like that not all of them involve Nicole Kidman, but, <laughs> but, most, but most do, right? right? Um, it's such a pleasure to finally meet you guys. Honestly, I'm such a Likewise. fan of your work. Uh, it took Hugh and his uh, hollow baking skills to bring us all together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> congratulations on the film, and uh, hopefully we'll all talk soon. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, and so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. (laughs) 